Welcome to Real Life. Hi, I'm Jim Miller, and you're listening to the Real Life LA podcast, coming to you from multiple locations in the San Gabriel Valley of sunny Southern California. We're a church for everyone, and we exist to lead people to Jesus, a community of grace with a God-sized vision that reaches from generation to generation. As you hear today's message, we pray that God speaks specifically to you and opens your heart and inspires you to live each day with more joy, beauty, and wonder. Hey, Real Life Church. I'm Pastor Jose, or commonly, I'm commonly known by Pastor Joe, or PJ. Uh, I am a retired pastor, 41 years in ministry, along with my wife, Caroline. Uh, we did 41 years in the, the greater Los Angeles area. I am also a cancer thriver. Uh, I was diagnosed in 2018. Uh, I also belong to our cancer support group here. I love that group. It's a great group. It's uh, directed by John Tate. And uh, Carolyn and I are, you know, both holistic cancer coaches, and we also are marriage and family coaches. And uh, we, you know, we run our our ministry out of Glendora here in our home in Glendora. Today, I want to talk to you about the God child became one of us. When I was a kid, my, my dad would do something very special for us. It was four of us siblings. And what my dad would do is that he would um, hide gifts on Christmas Eve. And then he would say, you better go to sleep because the niño Dios, the God child, is coming. And so as kids, that was so exciting for us, right? We didn't grow up with Santa Claus, but dad again, emphasized that the Niño Dios, the God child, uh, would bring us the gifts. So, And that's how it happened. In the morning we got up, we looked for the gifts that he had hidden, and then we would find them and be so excited, you know, about uh, that the God child brought us these gifts. You know, my dad, little did he know that he, that he, was, that he was right. You know, uh, it, it's amazing, right? And what I want to talk to you about today is that the... The God child came one of us. The God child became one of us. Uh, now, John 1, 1 through 18 is our passage today. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole passage, but if you can, I just want to read John 1, 1, and then I'm going to read John 1, 14, and maybe 16 through 18 to kind of give, give us a context. And it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Then in verse 18 it says, no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, He has made Him known. I believe that we have a need to really know the identity of Jesus. Who, who is Jesus? And I think in figuring out his identity, uh, then we have our own identity as Christians. Uh, and so John does a beautiful job of, of, of talking to us, to us about who Jesus is. 
Now, the gospel writers, all of them, let me just take a little side note here. Uh, they all gave us a profile of Jesus. Matthew presented Jesus or presents Jesus as king, right, as royalty. And it is said that with each writer, they had an audience in mind. So the audience that Matthew had in mind was the, uh, the Jewish people. Because for them, uh, you know, king, a king was important. Uh, Mark presents Jesus as servant. And it is said that his audience were the Romans. And, and you know, the Romans were people of action, right? And in the book of Mark, uh, Jesus is presented as a servant, a, per, a man of action. He's, he's on it, right? He's moving, 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 moving. And then in Luke, he's presented as a perfect man. And, and the audience for these, uh, for Luke was the Greeks, right? right? Uh, the Greeks well, were into, uh, you know, the perfection of man and all their, and all their sculptures and things that you see today. You see that, you know, portrayed. And so Jesus was the perfect man. And then John, uh, what we're looking at today, he presents Jesus as deity, as God, right? And his audience is the world. You know, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So He, John, wants to present Jesus to us as God. So I, I, I think that the point of need for us is that if we know the identity of Jesus, that becomes our identity. That becomes our identity. Yes, if I know my identity, that changes everything. That that is that you know. That changes everything. It's like a last name, for example. My last name is Fernandez, right? And Fernandez points to who I am. That's my identity. Uh, points to the identity of my kids. You know, uh, well, the girls are all married, so they have different last names now. But, you know, but Fernandez means points to my culture, points to my customs, points to my language. My first language is Spanish. Points to the foods that I eat. Points to my values. And, of course, my ethnicity. So the same thing with understanding your identity as a Christian in Jesus. But first you must understand who is Jesus and his identity. So what does God say? Oh, shoot. All right. So what, is, what, is, uh, what does God say through the gospel writer about Jesus' identity? And then, you know, more important, what implications does that have for, for our lives? So if we look at, uh, let's unpack this for a little bit. Uh, we, let's divide this, this uh, passage in different sections, and we'll move quickly through them. Because this book, then I want to get into the implications for our lives. So verses 1 through 5 and 14 uh, is our first portion, and it just basically tells us that the Word was God. Right? Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Then it says, all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So I think the first thing we need to really understand about Jesus' identity is that Jesus is God. And that's the very first thing that I think for a lot of new believers, like when I became a Christian, uh, man, I, 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 I almost stumbled over this one 
But it was a struggle to really, you know, figure this one out. And, and I asked a lot of questions. I asked my teachers questions about it, you know, you know that uh, about Jesus and who was Jesus. But so I had to learn this very first thing and using John 1.1 and John 1.14. Because here it talks about the word in the Greek word, it's logos, right? So it says that the word was in the beginning, way back in time. Actually, we can't pinpoint it. It's pointing to eternity, you know, way back before anything existed. It says in the beginning was the word, right? And the, and the word was with God. He was, he was present. Uh, this word was present with God. And then, and, and then it, the, bear, the most important thing, it says that the word, this logos, was God. And the, and the Greek, the Greek verse there is, or the Greek verb there is, was, is ain, you know. Uh, and ain is a past tense of what this, this, the verb a me, which is, you know, I am. And Jesus one time used it in John 5, uh, John 8, 58. He used it. And, uh, when they were, you know, they were referring to him and he said, before Abraham, I, before Abraham was, I, I, I am. So he used ego a me in the present, right? Here is used in the past. The ego a me with John 8, 58, the I am, is the same person, Jesus, right? The ain, the Greek word here, the past tense is ain, I, you know, was. The word was, the word was God, right? And that's, and that's Jesus. Because if you look at verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld, and we've seen his glory, uh, glory as of the only Son from the Father, right? So the word of verse one is the word of verse 14. And, and who's the one that became flesh by Jesus, right? So that baby in that manger wasn't just any baby. That baby in the manger was the Son of God, was God himself, right? And, and, and I think that's very important to really kind of anchor us at the beginning of our Christian life is to know that Jesus is God. Our Savior is God Himself, right? And, and, and so, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, you know, He, He did not, uh, He did not enter into a man, nor, uh, you know, nor did He dwell in a man, nor fill the man. He became one of us. You know, He, be, he, he became flesh. And, uh, this is important because I remember for me, uh, well, before I tell you that story, you know, I have a quote here. And then when Jesus, when Jesus became a man, he, he put on humanity. See, this I'm putting on this coat. He put on humanity, right? He wasn't human. He was God in the flesh. He, he existed from eternity. But he put on, he put on his, his coat. You know, humanity is that coat. And, and, and so, and, and, and it stayed with him. Uh, and today he has a glorified body, right? But he's, he still got, he's, he still has the human form. It's, it's just amazing. It's, it's, right? It's, it's mind boggling. But our, our savior is both God and man at the same time. Uh, so my story is that I remember when, when I was, uh, just a brand new Christian. I wanted to bring my, my older sister to Christ. And so what, what happened was that she, um, she was kind of 
she wasn't seeking. She was already a Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, Jehovah's Witness. And she invited me to her house uh, to have a, com- uh, you know, uh, okay, a dialogue with some of the elders from her kingdom hall. And I asked my pastor to come with me, right? Uh, my pastor, and, and he came. And uh, we sat at a table. And we were going to talk about, you know, who, who is Jesus, right? And the objective of all of that was to, you know, for me, it was I wanted to bring my sister to Christ. For them, it was to convert me to Jehovah's Witnesses. And my, and my, and my, my, my sister was a witness of all of that, right? So it was a really important time, very significant, but also a nervous time. So these guys sat, there was two of them, and they, we sat at a table and they started to talk about uh, Jesus, right? But they went all over the place, all over the place, they, talking about trying to prove that, you know, that Jesus was just a man, you know, yeah, sent by God, all of that. Okay, I don't want to get into the JW's theology, but that what's important is that my pastor, when we came to this meeting, they had all kinds of, of, of uh, books and things that they, they brought along in their little, I don't know, I call it little suitcases, right? But my pastor only brought a Greek New Testament, just like this one I have right here, right? And, and then when he was his turn, he opened it up to John 1.1, 1, 1, right? And, and all he did was read John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he, and he stayed on the last sentence, which in the Greek says, Kai theos hein ho logos, right? And the Word was God. And so, you know, these guys were just like, uh, you're dumbfounded, right? Because in their Bible, these words have been changed. And, it, and instead of saying the Word was God, it says the Word was a God. So they add an article. Right. And, and my pastor, being a Greek, you know, guy who knew Greek, uh, uh, he's the one that taught me uh, Greek to begin with. Right. The Greek of the New Testament. Uh, and and when he started to just kind of, you know, uh, hold them there. What does it say here? It doesn't say that the word was a God. It says the word was God. And then he explained about how that sentence could not have an article in front of it, you know. Uh, God in that sentence was a God. You couldn't put an A in front of God there. The Greek structure does not allow it, right? Well, by this time, these guys were just couldn't know, didn't know what to say. Started trembling, lips started to quiver, right? And then they just got their stuff, they put it away, and then they walked out, right? For me, a brand new Christian, that was so awesome because that solidified my belief in Jesus and that, you know, Jesus was, was God or Jesus is God today, right? My sister, the good news is my sister eventually became a Christian. She's a Christian today and, uh, you know, because of that encounter. So now let me, let me hurry a little bit here and, 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 and just talk about the next piece here. Uh, in verses six through eight, uh, once it's established that Jesus is God, then we see that God calls a man named John to come before Christ. And you find John in, in the rest of the Gospels, right? And, and we're talking about, uh, you know, John the Baptist, right? And so John the Baptist was a precursor of Christ. In verses 6 through 8, it tells us, right, that 
he came to bear witness of the light. You know, uh, I'm staring into a camera right now, and and uh, you know uh, we have the word photos. You know, in Spanish, photo is picture, right? And and it, it it's all so photos is light. That's the the meaning of the word light. Uh, and so and you know what light does, right? Light light you know uh, penetrates darkness, right? Uh, and and so it says that that John, this guy John, he was not the light, but he was a witness of the light. And 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 in this particular verses here, there are some purpose clauses. See, John was not the light, but he was sent by God to be a witness of the light, which is Jesus, right? And and the only thing I want to say here is that, you know, again, God chooses people to be his witnesses, right? Not Jehovah's witnesses, Jesus' witnesses. And so John is a witness of, uh, of Jesus being the light, you know, the light that, that, that illumines every man. It says here, it was not the light, but, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world, right? So that's, that's, that's Jesus. And the interesting thing about this particular passage too, again, uh, the Greek construction, it's all in, in, in a sense uh, constructed to show purpose, right? Why did John come? He came to bear witness of the light. And why did uh, we want this light? So that people can come to believe in Jesus Christ, right? So uh, I'll apply this in a moment, but the, the question here might be, why are we here, right? What is our purpose? Jesus is God, right? He's, God says a witness named John to witness about the light. So if we have come into the light, you know, what, what, that was the purpose of John's life. What is our purpose? You know, why, why, why are we here? And, and today I'm going to, um, you know, offer to you Right, that we need to be those witnesses too, just like just like John, especially in these days, right? But then we move from there into the context in verses nine through thirteen, all right. And uh, verses nine through eleven says, uh, "Well, actually, let me start in ten. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him." But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born out of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Right? So these are very important verses. Right? So the context of the showing up of, of this God child is, is the world in which we live. And basically what this, these verses are saying, here's Jesus, you know, uh, who was at the very beginning, you know, who everything came into being th through him. He's, uh, he's, he's creator, right? And he comes to the world that he created, and, and it says that the world did not know him, right? That the world did not know him. A lot of people do not know him still today, right? And then it, it goes a little farther and says, succinctly, you know, it says, or specifically it says that, you know, uh, he came to his own and and his own is talking about it, the Jewish people. You know, Paul in Romans talks about the, the gospel, the good news goes first to the Jews and then to the Greeks, the rest of the world, right? So when Jesus comes, he, he comes to the world at large. They don't know him. They don't recognize him. Then he goes to his own people, 
which the gospel needs to go to them first. And what happens? They, it doesn't say they did not know him. It says they did not receive him. It's a different word, right? It's, it's, you can know about him, but when you receive him, it's a different story. And then if we move to the, through this passage, right? Uh, it says um, uh, in verse 12, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Right? So, in this world in which Jesus showed up and he went to his own, uh, and his own rejected him, well, we're still in this world and he's still being proclaimed, right? And, and, and not everybody uh, knows him. No, not everybody has a relationship with him, right? And so, what we need to understand is that. Uh, not everybody, let me just say this, not everybody's a child of God. Okay, if, because if you look at the verses care, carefully, right? It says that, you know, uh, this is talking about the spiritual uh, birth. You know, you're born physically, but you have to be born again, the Bible says. You have to be born spiritually. And that comes when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or as your Savior to begin with, Right? Uh, and, and, and so, but in here, it specifically says, you know, to, to as many as received him, right? The same word that he uses to say that his own people did not receive him, but to as many as received them. And then he explains it, who believe in his name to these specific people, okay, that received them by believing, he gave them the, it says, the right to become children of God. Gave them the right to become children of God. That's, that's very important. It says, it's not, it's not, it's not a flesh, right? It said, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 13. And what does that mean? Well, not of blood, it means that, you know, you can't say, my mom and dad are Christians, therefore I'm a Christian. Being born into a Christian family doesn't make you a Christian, right? But, but also, the other thing is, you cannot make yourself a Christian. Because it, said in, it says in the, in the verse right there, right? It says, nor, nor of the will of the flesh. That's, that's you and me. We, we don't make ourselves our, our Christians. I, I told, the, per, the first person that told me about Christ, uh, I, like we say, I, I send them out, you know, you know, basically cast them out of my presence. Get out of here. I was at a beach and he shows up. Uh, I was with my friends at the beach, uh, pulling around and, this guy in the tie shows up and starts telling me about Christ, you know, and I just send them away. He said, get away. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> God have mercy on me. Because, see, I, I can say, uh, you know, oh, I, re I did reject him, but I could say, oh, I'm ready to accept Christ. Well, well you know what? You don't even make that choice. Right? You, don't, you don't make that. So, in other words, what I'm trying to say is you don't, you can't resist the grace of God when he, when he comes to you and he wants to touch you and he, and he wants you, he, he wants you to receive him, to believe in him, right? But so it's not up to you. So if you're, if you're hearing this message, you know what? Think about that. You know, is the Lord calling you uh, to salvation? I, I, I hope so, right? And, and, and then it's not of the will, it says uh, again in the verse, uh, or the will of man, will of man, uh, you know, and the, uh, uh, you know, it's a real interesting word here, but what basically is saying, 
uh, you know, that men have different purposes. And he is referring to, let's say, uh, institutions, right? It's, it's, uh, it's speaking about religious organizations, right? Uh, where they have a will for their group or for their belief, right? Uh, but, and, and you may, you may belong or some of these people may come to you, right? And want to convert you. And they, and some of them do. And people get converted to these organizations. But to be born again, an organization, a church cannot make you a Christian. Like the purpose of real life is to proclaim the word. Uh, people come, people, that people may come to Christ. People, like Pastor has been saying, people are changed and change lives, change other people, right? So that's, that's the whole purpose is to let people know about Christ. So lives can be changed and these lives can go and affect other lives, right? Okay. That's, that's the, that's the main thing. But the church cannot make you a believer. <laughs> it doesn't happen the way, that way, right? The way you become a believer is by believing in Jesus Christ. When you believe with your faith in Jesus Christ, and you receive them into your heart, into your life, and you put your faith in Him, then you become a child of God. The word is tekna, you know. Uh, so everybody, we can say, uh, you know, it's an offspring of God, you know. Uh, but not everybody is a tekna, a child of God. A huyas is another word for, 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 uh, for child. But... In a sense, everybody, you know, we, we, that's our origin is in God. But child, child, spiritually speaking, comes only, the spiritual birth comes only through faith in Jesus Christ. So, and not everybody's going to end up in the same place. You know, all our springs, you know, are going, we're all, we all believe in a God and we're all going to the same place. No, 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 no. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. All right. So I gotta, I gotta hurry here, right? And, uh, and the question is, are you, are you a child of God? Are you, you know? This is a verse that I memorized as a, as a new believer. Um, and this is the testimony, 1 John 5, 11 and 12. And this is a testimony that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has the life. He who does not have the son of God does not have the life, right? And that's my assurance. And so are you, are you born again? Are you born again? That's, uh, so we need to, we need to uh, think about that. All right. So we looked at, uh, you know, who is Jesus? He's the Logos that became a man. He's, he's God in the flesh. We looked at the witness, which is John, right? And then, uh, we looked at the, the context, the world in which, uh, we live, we live, right? And in the world of Jesus, in the world of today, Right? And, and we looked at the spiritual uh, birth, regeneration, uh, that without that, you know, you're, you're lost, right? And, and, and then I think uh, in verses 16 through 18, uh, we find a contrast. And I, I see here two different kinds of people, you know. Uh, there's people that live by law and there's people that live by the grace of Jesus Christ. And, and, and John, the author, says that uh, the law came through you know, through Moses, right? That's the contrast. But uh, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And I, and I like that grace and truth concept, right? Grace is a merit of favor. I didn't deserve to be saved. 
But then I live life under that grace. You know, God has been very merciful to me in so many ways. Right? His grace is amazing, right? But, uh, and so, I, you know, every day we live under that grace, right? We're not under a law. We don't have to keep a commandment, you know? Uh, we obey the Lord through the Holy Spirit and, and we honor the word, but we're not under the commandments that we have to keep commandments, right? Imagine what that would have been like. No, now we have the Holy Spirit. We have the, we have the word of God, uh, you know, r- you know, right, right in us and hopefully abiding in us, right? And so it's, it's a very different lifestyle. And then truth, right? Uh, truth is what guides our path. You know, the, the word, uh, it's, that is, that is the way to live through the word. So many people need truth today. There's, there's so many lies going around about everything. And we need the truth of the word of God. I don't know how you can live without the truth of the word, right? And so I'm, I'm going to apply all this in a moment, but there's, there's two, uh, you know, two, two groups of people, right? And, but what I like here at the very end in verse 18, it says that no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. Then it says, He has made Him known. And it's an emphatic He in here, a kainos, right? Um, Jesus is unique. And if you, if you come to Christ, that is your new identity, right? And, and that, that means a lot. Uh, it's like uh, my my uh, my my granddaughter recently got ba- baptized, and I'm going to show you that in a moment, right? But you know, uh, which life are you living? Uh, I invite you to come to live a life that is full of grace and truth. In fact, it says here that when Jesus came, He brought grace upon grace. You know, we need grace every day. We need grace. You know, the next week, we need grace in so many instances, right? We need the grace of God every day. So, um, so there is a contrast. There, there are lives lived in different ways, but only through Jesus Christ is the right way to live under grace, right? I didn't save myself. He saved me. He's with me every day through the, through the, through the Holy Spirit, empowering me, right? And I live my life by the truth of the word of God. I have a guiding light, which is the word, right? So, um, it's absolutely about identity you know uh and and so we need to really uh think about that this whole gospel was written for an ultimate purpose so when you go to john 20 30 and 31 you know the ultimate purpose of this gospel you know it begins with this so-called <coughs> introduction or prologue to the gospel but it ends in john 20 30 31 where it says that the ultimate purpose that you know, Jesus is what he did, and all these things were written, is to show that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior, you know, the chosen one to come. And then it says the Son of God, which points to his deity, right? Uh, the John 1, 1 that we just read, he was at the beginning with God, and he was God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. So there's an action point, you know, in this little message here is not just to just to say it it's it's got a purpose in john 1 1 through 18 it's got a purpose is that we might you might believe in christ and that uh and then that there is a changed life (coughs) that uh 
when people when people see our lives, you know, it's because of John 1, 1 through 18 is reflected in us. So here's how I think about it, okay? And, and I'm just going to give you some words to kind of conclude here and then um, and, 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 and say what I call a personal affirmation with each key word. So uh, this is you. <clears throat> this is you responding to this message. So I would say the first uh, implication of this for us, and we can express it to a personal affirmation, is the key word is devotion, right? If you truly understand your identity, first identity of Christ and your identity as a Christian, then there's devotion. There should be a devotion. So the affirmation might read something like this. I am a devoted follower, follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Devoted. You know what I mean? I'm not half-hearted. One foot in, one foot out. You know? <laughs> it's like being devoted to a girlfriend. You're not checking out other chicks. Right? You're devoted. <clears throat> you spend time with God. There's a devotion about your life. You know, people can see that there's definitely uh, someone in your life that is kind of guiding your life. So there's a devotion through prayer, through the Word, right? Through service, through, uh, you know, giving, through everything. You're, you're devoted. Uh, secondly, second key word is witness. And the affirmation goes like this. I'm a walking light, lighting up my world through deeds and words. So, like John, in, in, the, in the passage, we need to be a witness for Christ, right? In my days, it, it, it had to do with telling other people through word, right? Through my, through my words, telling people about Jesus, right? But I, I want to point out, it's through deeds and words. We need both, right? It's like a bicycle with two wheels. You know, you need the two wheels, right? So you need the, you need the word, you know, uh, actually, you know, the, the, the life behind the words, you know, but a witness we must be, right? Uh, and uh, so we need to really, uh, uh, you know, show up for Jesus, right? Live every day and, and be a light and, and, and be a salt of this world. But then when you get a chance, you know, speak to someone in your neighborhood, speak about Christ, let Christ be known. I have a lot of examples, but I'm going to have to uh, continue here. But the third one is family, you know, from this passage. Uh, Christ came to his own family, and we didn't look at this scripture, but even his own, uh, you know, half-blood family did not believe in him at the beginning, right? But there has to be a burden. And the affirmation is like this. I am burdened about the eternal destiny of my own offspring. You know, I, I am burdened about, uh, are you? You know, uh, that, that speaks loudly to me in this passage. He came to his own, you know, and his own received him not. When, I, when my granddaughter, Bella, you know, got baptized. Uh, wow, what a joy. What a joy. And, you know, she says some words to me and said, I was there to witness the baptism of somebody else. But I've been wanting to do this for a long time, right? I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And something just said that moment to do it, you know. Uh, maybe she was embarrassed before. She wasn't sure. But that day, the Holy Spirit touched her. And that's huge to me. You know, 18 grandkids, man. 18. I want to see all of them come to Christ. So are you burdened for your family, for their salvation? What burdens you? You know, 
<laughs> college kids, you know, the university they're going to go to, right? Uh, what, what is it? But the greater burden is, do they know Jesus? Is their eternity security uh, secure? And then that the next one is character. We're almost done. Character, right? I think that uh, uh, when we talk about grace and truth, uh, we talk about Jesus and the character that he had. Character talks about life. Character is who you are when people are not are not not looking. Somebody said or not watching you, right? It's what you do in your own pr- personal private life. And and the affirmation might 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 be stated like this: I am a, I am a spirit filled believer. Yielding to his transformation. And my motto is grace and truth. Right? So, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Uh, but what needs to be happening in our lives is transformation. Right? Put off old habits. Renew our mind. Put on new habits. Having the character of Christ. We need to be Christ-like. We need to change all these different things. You know, how, how, would be, how are we at home? Right? Are we an example of Christ-likeness? Are we stubborn? Are we mean? You know, <laughs> are we in disagreement all the time? How are we in the neighborhood? How are we at work? Right? What does your character show? Right? What does my character show? Right? So we need to be spirit-filled, led of the Holy Spirit, start the day asking for a fullness and a control, and then step out and live a spirit-filled life. Right. If we really say our, my identity is in that Christ, Christ, you know, the God child, then he is God and he's the Lord of your life. There needs to be a transformation happening in your character. And then finally, uh, uh, faith. Right? And the affirmation on this one is, I am not moved by the circumstances of life. I choose to believe in his name and to take him at his word for the outcome of my life. You know, circumstances. I'm a cancer driver. Right? Five years, going over five years. Right? Uh, uh, recently, I went on a bike ride. I did 17 miles. Went with my wife and some friends. And um, amazing. There was some, back in mid-June, I couldn't even get up, stand up. I had to hold on to things to go to the bathroom. You know, but all of that is to say that there's a faith that is ours that I've embraced and, and I'm not better than any of you, you know. But can you say I'm not moved by the circumstances of life? Can you say I choose to believe in His name and to take Him at His word for the outcome of my life? Meaning, there are promises in the word. Everything you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Or, you know, for, you know I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. You know, if you lack wisdom, you know, you ask of God, says James. You know, where, where is your faith? Right? So, this is the way that I feel that, you know, these, this God-child reality shows up in our lives. There is a, there's a way that we live and we think and we, and we move. Right? So, in conclusion, I'll just ask you this question. What defines you? Who defines you? And how does it show up in your life? So I, I hope that you take those three questions seriously here at the end. And uh, that you would reflect on this beautiful passage. And that you come to a conclusion about 
who he is, and then your own personal identity. And then set out to live that identity to the fullest. It makes a world of a difference, and it makes an eternal difference. So if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, maybe today is the day to do that. This Christmas, 2023, to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So I invite you to say, Jesus, come into my heart. I believe in you. You died for me and you rose from the dead. And I want to receive you. Like it says in here, I want to be born again. I want to be a Christian today. Amen. That's what you need to do. So, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this time. Uh, apply your word and uh, apply this uh, message uh, in the way that only you can, Father. And bless everyone who is uh, responding to it, even through this uh, means of this uh, video, this message today. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? Share our podcast or find us on Facebook or Instagram at Real Life LA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap Give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.